This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Parshas Amar Tavshin Ayin Zayin. This week's parsha we have a very well-known mitzvah, a mitzvah that accompanies us every day of our lives, always. And that is, as the pasuk says, "Velo sechalu Hashem kachi, do not profane my name." V'nigdashti besok bnei Yisrael, you should make me holy among bnei Yisrael. Ani Hashem mikadishchem. And this is a mitzvah of making a Kiddush Hashem, and the great Avera of making a Chil Hashem. One of our main tasks in this world is to make a Kiddush Hashem. In fact, the Pasuk tells us in Yeshaya that someone who makes a Kiddush Hashem, Hashem says about them, Avdi Ata Yisrael, you are my servant Yisrael, Asher Ispar, it is in you that I take glory. And the Gemara, the famous and well-known Gemara in Yuma, on Pevav, Amar Aleph, tells us that someone who makes a Kiddush Hashem, it says, Ashrei Aviv Shalom Du Praiseworthy is he whose, whose father taught him Taira. And someone who makes a Kiddush Hashem, it's uh, Achil Hashem, it's the opposite. And this is so, so important for us to always make a Kiddush Hashem. We all think of a Kiddush Hashem means the greatest Kiddush Hashem a person can make is giving up our lives for Hashem. However, if a person gives up his life for Hashem, it takes a moment to be courageous and to be strong, but after that moment, it's over. What's even more difficult is to live your life al Kiddush Hashem. Because how long does that take? That takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime to live your life al Kiddush Hashem. There's once this person walking down near a river and he hears screaming and yelling, save me, save me. And he looks and he sees further down the river, there's a little boy who's drowning. So he jumps in to save the boy. He catches up to the boy. He drags him out to the shore. The guy comes out, he's spitting out water. And finally when he can speak, he says, Mister, you saved my life. Thank you so much. How can I thank you? And the man says, you want to thank me? He says, yes. He says, all right, then make sure you live your life in a way that it was a life worth saving. Now, that means that takes a lifetime to do. There was a fellow in Eretz Yisrael who went to a taxi. Now, for those of you lucky enough to go to Eretz Yisrael, you know that a taxi ride in Eretz Yisrael is not just a taxi ride. It's an experience. Because every taxi driver thinks, as soon as you walk in, you're mishpacha, you're part of the family. And as soon as you walk in, where are you from? Why are you here? What are you doing here? And then he starts to tell you all about himself. Then he tells you why, if the Prime Minister of Israel would just listen to him, he would solve all the problems in Israel. And all of a sudden, he's your best friend. So a little while ago, there was a fellow in a taxi. And the taxi driver is driving around. And he knew the streets very, very well. So the guy asked him, says, Wow, you know the streets so well. Tell me, how long are you driving a taxi already? He says, Me? Yeah, I'm driving a taxi now for more than six months. Six months. How do you know the street so well? You know, every shortcut we're driving for a while, you know everything perfectly. He says, Well, before I was a taxi driver, I was a police officer. And I was a patrol officer. And I spent all my days driving around. He says, Well, why are you driving a taxi now if you used to be a police officer? He says, Ah, I'm so happy you asked. Now I can tell you. And he says, You know, a little while ago, we were driving by a place called Beit Shemesh. Like a lot of parts of Eretz Yisrael, there are a lot of mountains and hills. 
But on one of the mountains around Beit Shemesh, there's a monastery. It's like a Christian church. Very, very large mountain, and the building itself is a massive building. And it's a shame that every time we drive there, we have to see this massive church towering over the area of Beit Shemesh. And we're driving around the patrol car, and all of a sudden the radio crackles, and the dispatcher says there was a robbery in the monastery. And you got to go check it out. What happened? The monks, how do they spend their time in the monastery? Some of them are very talented painters. So they would paint. And they would sell these painters to people, tourists, or whatever, they would sell it to them. And it seems like there was a robbery, and we have to go take the report. And the dispatcher tells us, he sees that we are the closest there, and we have to go. So we have no choice, we start to drive up towards the monastery. As we're driving up, I was the driver, the taxi driver says, I turned to my partner, and I said, okay, when we get there, both of us don't need to go in, you'll go inside, you'll take the report, I'll sit away from you in the car. So my partner turns to me and says, no, 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 no. You go inside, you take the report, I'll keep the car warm. So we start arguing. Neither of us wanted to go in because it's a church. So I told him, I said, look, I was never in a church in my life. Today is not going to be the first time. I'm not going in. And the partner looks at me and says, and you think I was ever in a church before? I'm not going in either. We're driving up. I'm driving slower because I don't want to get there. And at the end, we, the road came to an end, and we're in front of the monastery, and we were still arguing. Finally, my partner turns to me and says, Listen here, I am a Kohen. As a Kohen, I'm holier than you. And therefore, I am not able to go in as a Kohen. You should go in. So the taxi driver says, Look, I wasn't such a religious fellow. I didn't really know. What he said seemed to make sense. So I had no choice. I had to go in. Especially, I got a, we had a meeting before where the supervisor said we have to be very careful to act in a very professional way. So I had no choice. I walked into the monastery. I knocked on these big, massive doors. The door opens up right away, and there are these two rather large monks standing over there. And they say, okay, hi, I'm here from the police department. They said, we know. Okay, well, I'm here to take the report hoping to take the report from standing outside. Well, the monk says, okay, go around the monastery. On the right side, there's a door. Come in from there. Can't come in from the front door. Okay. Walk around the side. I see this door, this big, massive, tall block, you know, a, a concrete building, and there's a door on the bottom, a very small door. The door barely reached my neck. As soon as I get there, the monk walked with me. He opens up the door for me and tells me, and tells me to go in. So I tried to go in, but it, it, was, it was a little dark, and I really had to bend down. So I bend down completely to go into this, through this door. I'm wondering, like, why in the world do they have such a weird entranceway when they have such a beautiful entranceway in the front? And it was dark, and I'm walking. I'm a little scared, I don't want to trip, so I'm bending down, I'm walking, and all of a sudden, I see further down, there's a light, and I see these two big, big statues. And I realized right away what was going on. They wanted that I should walk in through this door, so 
I would bow down to those two idols. I immediately realized what was going on, and in a split second I made a decision, not happening. I turned around, and I walked out, and this time my other side was facing the idols as I walked out. I walked out of the monastery, and I told the person, okay, I can take the report here. The person was beet red and angry, and he stormed off to the front, and I went back to the patrol car. Well, I came back and I told the supervisor that he didn't want to give me the report and we'll have to take it by phone. That was fine. A week later, the police department got a letter from the Vatican in Rome and said, how could they go and insult the church like that? He turned his back on the idols like that. What a terrible desecration. And the church will not accept anything less than the person being fired. And the police department went, and they fired him. He says, they gave me 100,000 scrollum, and they let me go. A few months later, my partner retired with full benefits. So my partner was enjoying his retirement. And me, after more than 25 years on the police force, I'm not getting paid anything. And that's why I have to drive a taxi. And the guy says, I want you to know, if it would happen again, I would make the same decision. Even though, at my age, I still have to drive a taxi to make a living. So you see, when the Pasuk says, to go, to make a Kiddush Hashem, of course it's difficult to make a Kiddush Hashem by giving up your life for Hashem. How courageous that is. But even more difficult is living our lives as a Kiddush Hashem. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.